Everyone, well, we had a great conversation today and it was really all about understanding what it means to turn your light on. So, Sonia, if you could encapsulate some of the energy of the conversation and regarding turn your light on, what would mm -hmm. you say were some of the key points that people want to tune into? Yeah, one of the big points really was that we all have the capacity to do that. No matter where we are in our life, no matter what journey we're on, that we do have this light within that's like waiting for us to shine it so that we can see more clearly what our path actually is and not be stuck in maybe old patterns and old beliefs in our traumas and stories that might be holding us back from really fully expressing our gifts. But by being able to turn that light on, we can see clearly and step into our higher selves. Yeah, so today we got a chance to have a, an amazing conversation with a dear friend of ours, Deidre Siriana. And she's the the author of the book, Turn Your Light On. And, and we're actually in a mastermind container that she teaches. And she's a, just a, a beautiful person inside and out. And she has such a wonderful way of communicating how to like move from our stuckness and into our freedom. Mm -hmm. And so many messages that came out of this were like, you know, talking about the story of trauma and being in the present moment, some of the stuff that you've heard before, but the way that she articulates things really, I think she's got a, a gift for really mm -hmm. helping people to see it more clearly within themselves. Mm -hmm. So hopefully as you're listening to it, we can plant some seeds for you on how you can turn that light on and step into that person that you are meant to be so that you can shine. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. So if you've been following us for a period of time, you know that one of our favorite topics is to talk about hormone optimization, hormone health, and all things in between, right? Yes. And when we talk about hormones, we often talk about them as they are the communicators that really help our body, our brain to communicate so that it's working efficiently and it's working for us. Mm -hmm. So hormones in women tend to have more of a, a natural monthly rhythm, typically premenopause. In men, we call it irritable male syndrome, where we can be on one moment and the next moment we can be off, meaning our, our hormones tend to have uh, a lot more volatility and fluctuation throughout our day. And so often we're looking for things to just optimize maybe the monthly cycle or optimize our energy levels and focus and drive through the day. And so one of our favorite tools is, is from a company called uh, Organifi and the product is called Harmony. So let's talk a little bit about what is Harmony? Like, it's a great name. Yes, it is a really great name, especially because this is a product that I use in my luteal phase because it really is one that captures all the herbs and things that you need in order for your luteal phase, which is the second half of your cycle, to feel like you are in harmony. Because anytime we're feeling any sort of discomfort with our hormones, we are out of rhythm. And what this allows us to do with the chase tree, with the shatavati, it's giving us adrenal support, it's supporting our liver, it's supporting our nervous system, it's supporting gut. our gut, it's supporting our pituitary gland, that then supports that communication. So it's a beautiful one to use in your luteal phase, especially probably at a higher dose and maybe a lesser dose um, in your follicular phase. And for those women that aren't 
cycling, you can still use it from full moon to new moon. So it's just one of those really great products that you can use in tea because everybody knows that I love tea. Mm -hmm. And you can add that into your nightly or daily routine. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then for men, because it's got some nutritive tonics like maca, it's got ginger and turmeric and some of these other things. So obviously, we can use as well. Um, however, in our household, if there's harmony in our cupboard, I get a slap on the wrist and say, you know better, that's not yours to touch. It's it, mine. It's very tasty, which is part of the reason why I'm not allowed to use it. That's right. But men can definitely still use it. Yeah. So <laughs> if you are interested, um, you can use Dr. Jensen um, 20 as a code and get 20% off. Hello, hello, everybody. Nice to see uh, your lovely faces here. Uh, some of you who are listening, obviously on audio, you don't see all the lovely faces around, but um, we're, I'm surrounded by two amazing women. Uh, one, obviously, you know, is my amazing wife, Dr. Sonia Jensen. How are you today? Good. It's um, nice to be in this seat again. I feel like we took a yes, sabbatical yeah. from podcasting. So I'm glad that the first person we're interviewing is a dear friend and we're really happy to bring her on the show. And really invite all of you to be in her presence mm -hmm. um, that's the most important piece yeah definitely so we're talking about none other than Deidre Seriani and I'll tell you a little story about her and how she turned her own lights on which is the name of her upcoming book or the book that just got released and um, but I want to share a little personal story just from how I got a chance to get to know Deidre so her and I were both in a networking group uh, some of you may know it called BNI uh, Business Networking International and her and I got a chance to connect you know each week we would have our little elevator pitch and um, you know a 60 second sort of infomercial as it's called uh, discussing who you are and is sharing as much as you can about an aspect of what you do on a weekly basis and every time Deidre got up it was like this like I was almost like this um, interesting invite to step into something that you don't yet know about yourself and I'm always I was always intrigued like Deidre came with such amazing energy each week and it's hard to <laughs> come to these networking events each week with that energy and enthusiasm. But I really saw in her like this evolution, just even the time that I got a chance to see you there, Dee. And, but your, your invite in those little 60 second snippets were like something really powerful and magical that, that you were taking ownership over. And I know it really sparked interest in the people in the group and, Anyways, fast forward a couple of years later, she she left the program. I eventually left. We stayed connected. Obviously, her and Sonia got a chance to connect as well. And uh, and then we decided to join into her mastermind program that, that we've been doing with her over the last year. And I got to say, like that magic and that insight and that inspiration that I got a chance to feel within just even in those networking meetings really translated into the group, the container that you created, D. And so we're grateful for having you here and just... You know, those little breadcrumb drops that happened in the BNI meetings to, to gain a chance to get to know you and be friends. And it's just such such a nice uh, opportunity to be able to connect with you over this, you know, podcast platform. So awesome. It's so funny because BNI, oh my gosh, I remember going to my first couple BNIs and like shaking them like, I only have 60 seconds to talk. This is <laughs> like, it was so bad. And like, I kept going, I kept going. That was like, 
I guess five, maybe five and a half years ago when I started this mm. business, I was transitioning out of another one. And I honestly was just like speaking from truth and experience. And I started a business and, and it's funny how quickly things shift and grow and evolve. And, and I remember you always talking about all of the things, your cells and, you know, telomeres and this and that. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to learn more. So, and then I got to meet Sonia, who's just like, amazing I feel like you're a sister mm-hmm. <laughs> we have so much background and life experience and it's just been it's been really cool to get to know you guys like professionally how you guys have supported me on my health journey but also you know as friends too so thanks so much for having me this is awesome mm-hmm. yeah thank you and you know just to um reiterate what Nick was saying it's like when you're in Deidre's presence it's like you you're almost kind of forced to turn your light on because her light is so big and you're like, okay, I want to match this situation. And um, so, and that, like Nick was saying, that's the title of your book, Turn Your Light On. And I would love for you to just kind of share your story around that, like why you think or you believe that that is something that all of us have within us and need to expand into the world, like that aura or that light and just, why, why you think this is something that's so important to talk about or speak to? Mm -hmm. Great question. So I guess the first thing is I had a vision and I know that our vision, whenever we get a vision of something, it's our higher self giving us a message that ding, 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 this is a possibility of what you can step into. But oftentimes we diminish it and we're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Right. So about five or six years ago, I had a vision and I was looking down at the world and I was turning people's lights on. And then I was looking to the right and the left of me. And then there were also other planetary leaders turning people's lights on. I was like, I don't fully know what this means quite yet. But I know this is a big part of my work in the world. And so, you know, fast forward five or six years later, now I've written the book, I have a signature program, it's part of the work that I, I do, but really going back to the core essence of it is, you know, seven years ago, I was standing in my kitchen, and I was putting my fingers through my hair. And at the time in my life, I had really long hair that went down on my hips and Um, I grew up with two older brothers. So I was the the girl of the family. And it was like the one thing that symbolized that I was the the girl of the family was my hair. And so it was kind of like, it was my thing growing up. So I'm putting my fingers through my hair and I realized that something feels off. And so I grabbed my phone, I raced to the bathroom, I put it on camera mode and I start angling at the back of my head with the mirror, trying to figure out like, what is going on here? And I see that, oh my gosh, I have a bald spot and it's this bag on the top of my head. And I was just like, freaking out. How did this happen? How do I fix it? Like clearly like the universe is trying to tell me something because it's going after my hair. So I go back to my kitchen and I sit down for a moment to ground. And that's when I hear this voice say, if you don't listen to your soul, you're going to manifest cancer and die in a year. And I knew that to be true because all of these things were happening to me so quickly. And then I had this flashback to five years prior. The only other time I had ever heard this voice speak to me at this point of my life. And I was outside. I had friends and family on both sides of me. I had my friend Marty playing the guitar, singing the lyrics. It's beautiful. It's true. And I'm walking down the aisle, so excited to get married to the man of my dreams. 
and I'm smiling from ear to ear, walking towards my future husband. And then moments before this same voice says, this just isn't going to work. Hmm. And I was just like, uh, what? Like, I, sorry, like this is inconvenient, shoved it down. I thought I was doing the right thing. And I said, I do. And then now I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have four different types of autoimmune disease that the doctors can't help me with. I have chronic pain in my neck and shoulders to the point where my massage therapist actually fired me. I didn't know they could do that. But apparently they can. She's like, I just can't help you anymore. And I had food sensitivities. I was depressed to the point of wanting to end my life. And the, the wild thing was from the outside looking in, everyone wanted what I had. I was the happiest person everyone knew. And whenever I was around my husband, I would just contract. He was always telling me who to be, how to be, what I can wear, what I can't wear, what I can say, what I can't say. And I remember this one time I was leaving the house and I was so excited. I got a new job in television and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, don't say anything dumb. I don't want you to look stupid on TV. And I realized I'm like, I'm in a mentally and emotionally abusive relationship. And could it be that this entire time, since that moment, I walked down the aisle and didn't listen to this voice. My soul has been screaming at me through symptoms and I just haven't been listening. So in that moment, I knew that if I didn't learn the language of the soul and then have the courage to actually follow it and turn my light on and do what I'm here to do, I wasn't going to be around for another year. So I did. And I studied with shamans. I went deeper into this work. I healed everything except for one autoimmune disease that pops up when I'm not listening to my body or not listening to myself. Uh, depression went away, chronic pain went away, my hair grew back, three of the four autoimmune diseases are gone, because I listen. So when I talk about turning my light on or turning our light on one of the very first things that shows that we don't have our light on is physical disease in the body because we're not listening to the soul. So um, for me, I know that I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be around today if I didn't listen, but also when our lights off, we can't see, and we stay stuck in relationship patterns and ways of being, we become depressed, we become sick. And then what happens is essentially our soul is killing us because we don't have the courage to listen. And so turning our light on is, is the courageous path of listening to the soul and making the impact in the world. And, and we have to, we're all being called to do it. Otherwise our body is literally shutting down. Yeah. There's so, thank you for mm -hmm. sharing all that. I mean, there's so much that we can like unpack from that story and so many lessons. And I feel like you summarize like everything that we teach in that story and in that experience <laughs> that you live, like you really have. And, and to also have that experience at such a young age too, I think in the moment can feel like there's trauma there, there's um, challenge, but it's also such a gift because you now have turned around and started listening to that soul and are bringing other people up with you. And, you know, because we share a similar story with our ex-husbands and other stories that we also share from our, share from our past, I can really understand and relate to that um, moment where you hear that soul whisper 
yet there's so many of us that move through life not really being able to discern between that whisper and then those other whispers and maybe they're a little bit louder like that other talk in our head that's keeping us stuck where we are so how can people discern between those voices yeah that's a really good question i feel like the more we tune into the body the more it speaks to us the more we're aware of it um you know, this is, this is challenging because the, the soul whispers and then it gets loud and then it gets really like in, you know, really intense. Um, but the first thing that I like to really ask is what doesn't feel good in your physical body. And when you can feel into experiences, people, opportunities, whatever it is, if you can just take a moment to sit with what's going on in your life and just energetically tune in to what's going on. If something feel is making you feel sick or contractive, that's the body saying, this is, this is not quite, something's not right here. Something's not working. So that's a sign. Something needs to shift. Also, when you turn it, uh, tune into an opportunity, a person, a thing, a dynamic in your body, and you feel expansion, you feel relaxed, you feel loved, you feel, um, you know, tingles and, and all of the things that's a yes. And then as far as in the day to day, usually like our intuition, like I have a rule with my intuition and some people, you know, think I'm nuts <laughs> and that's okay. But if my intuition tells me something, no matter what, no matter what the logical mind is telling me or what the outside world says, I go all in on my intuition because I've strengthened that muscle. It's still scary. <laughs> Sometimes I still don't want to trust, but I have an agreement with myself. So I think the first way to check in is just to ask yourself, does this feel contractive? How does it feel when I tune into this? And that will start to give you some awareness. And then also Usually our intuition is the first feeling that we have, the first nudge or whisper, and then our mind and our outer world and other people's voices are what comes secondary, which is why I think it's so important as we develop our intuition is to take those steps without going outside of ourselves for external answers, because that can make things really confusing. And that's where we can really enter into a, a battle within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that interesting because often those whispers, they don't linger very long if you're not going to actually entertain that they're there. And then those outside, you know, voices that are much louder, they just they just win. Like they for most people, they're they're the things driving the bus, you know. So it's interesting when you share your story and Sonia shared her story too, just you know, past relationships and things like that, how easy it is to subdue that. And I know one of the things that you say is like showing up on unapologetically, like to go from a place of you know somewhat submission obviously you don't want to relate to it in that way but there there was things that you just accepted as normal in a relationship for example to then just such to move into such ownership over your authority and, and your trust and your intuition obviously it's a journey it's not going to happen overnight but we see this often and when people communicate it's just this is who i am whereas previous to that it would have been like okay well it's not okay to be me and I think that, that that unfolding for people is such an such a powerful one because we can see it in the people that we really care about and really respect, and that they have actually stepped in this place of trust and and freedom to be who they are. And when we're not that way, I mean, this is a, this is where the body speaks to us. So so it was such a great example of that unfoldment that you shared. Thank you. 
-hmm. And also just to add to that too, you know, and this is my biggest work as of the last probably six months, I moved back to Vancouver after being in the interior for a year and a half. And I was doing some traveling. And as soon as I moved into my new apartment, my intuition was like, this is temporary, like literally just like finally put all the boxes down. And I was like, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that I'm supposed to go, I'm supposed to travel, I'm supposed to live in different places. So my biggest work, and I continue to do this work, and I'm, I'm in it right now, too, because I'm going to be relocating to San Diego in a couple weeks from now is surrendering to the truth of what my intuition is telling me and also accepting myself because I feel like a lot of us, especially when we're not listening, when we're going outside of ourselves for answers, or it doesn't feel safe to be who we are, we're actually resisting who we are and we're trying to shove it down. We're trying to be different and that's so self-harming. So it's like the best work we can do is just like work on being like, Oh, my body's saying I don't feel safe right now. I maybe I should just honor that. You know what? My body is saying this right now. Maybe I should just listen. You know, we haven't been taught that. We've been taught to dishonor ourselves, do what everyone else is doing, and to go outside of ourselves. But if we can just accept our true nature, we're going to change the world just by doing that individually and then collectively. Mm-hmm. what do you think people's like big blocks are because one of the things that happens when you step into yourself is all of a sudden you have um, healthy boundaries right and often people close to us in relation to us um, colleagues anyone maybe they're not used to that person and now all of a sudden you're saying no you're you're listening to your intuition you're saying no to the parties you're saying no to maybe the gatherings that you just don't want to be um participating in in that moment and because you know what you need at that time and one of the biggest fears i think as humans is um, to not belong Mm -hmm. and so what do you think that you've seen in your work with people that blocks them from stepping into you know, listening to that intuition, listening to that soul whisper. It's like what you were saying in the beginning with your story on your wedding, like you suppressed it away because there was there was a certain plan that you had in your mind and it was already in place, right? It's already happening. Yeah. So what are some blocks that you've seen in individuals before they're able to step into turning their lights on and seeing that for themselves? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And a, a few questions within there. So we'll just kind of, the first part that I want to focus on that you mentioned is you talked about boundaries you talked about people accepting you in your new state of self belonging and then also kind of I heard environment Mm -hmm. so if we talk about environment you know I used to work at this place called the gene outlet in Kamloops back in the day and there were a lot of genes okay there was like genes everywhere hundreds and hundreds of genes it was like the cool place to work at the time and sometimes people would come in and maybe trying to put on a pair of jeans that are like three sizes too small. <laughs> when you're a salesperson and you know you're like 16 or something, it's kind of an awkward situation. You're like, I think you need a couple sizes bigger, right? And so sometimes in life, we try to force ourselves into old environments that we've outgrown, kind of like trying to put on an old pair of jeans. And it doesn't quite feel right anymore. And this is where maybe we haven't 
you know, established our own boundaries within ourselves, or we haven't found our new environment or our people. Right. And so we're like, well, I need to belong somewhere. So I'm just going to go back to this environment, or I'm just going to put on the pair of jeans that are too small. But the truth is when we go back into old environments, we kind of look like that person who's trying to fit into a pair of jeans that are too small. People can see it. You're not seeing it. You're trying to force it. You're trying to make it happen. And naturally it causes a lot of friction because you've outgrown an environment. So the first part of like really turning our light on, um, you know, kind of what you were saying there, Sonia, is we need to get out of old environments that are no longer serving us. Um, you know, just like a flower, if it's in the wrong environment, it doesn't matter how much water you give it, it's not going to grow. So getting out of environments that don't feel good is a huge step. The next part is boundaries, you know, um, communicating our boundaries with people. I've definitely been to the, in the fire with this a lot with family in the last year. And, you know, I came to a point with a, you know, one of my brothers where I, and it was challenging because I've always been best friends with my brother. We've been like super tight. I have two brothers and I was like, you know, um, I love you. And if you speak to me this way, I can't be in relationship with you. The door is open when you're ready to speak to me like a human being, but I won't let anyone speak to me this way. And I think when we start to establish boundaries within ourselves and we raise our own standard for ourselves, we will no longer tolerate other people um, treating us in a certain way. And so that was a very like interesting thing that I went through because in the past, you know, years ago, if I heard people be like, Oh, I'm not talking to a family member or whatever, I'd be like, Oh, but it's family. Oh, but it's this, right. And then I really got it on in a different level. So if people aren't used to our boundaries, that's a them problem, not an us problem. And I think that's a huge part of our own evolution and creating boundaries is like not taking on other people's problems. Like we have our own trauma that maybe unhealed or we're working through. We have our own vision. We have our own mission. We have our own um, lives to live and fulfill. And if we're enrolling ourselves in other people's problems and taking them on and not having boundaries, it's a very obvious, not so obvious to everyone way of sabotaging our own growth and going to save other people as a result of not doing our own work on ourselves. So when we talk about, well, what are the blocks that get in the way? It's totally trying to save and fix others or try to people please. That's a huge way that we sabotage our growth and block ourselves from feeling the way that we want to feel being in environments that aren't serving us belongings important, but first we need to actually feel like we understand ourselves to know what environments we do belong in and then finding our people and getting the right support. So that was a bit of a long answer. Um, and I think I touched on all of it, but if I didn't, yeah, no, you absolutely did. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of it is giving ourselves permission to yeah. do that. And I think you're giving people permission to reevaluate these things. It's like that old belief of like, but it's family, you know, mm -hmm. and then that's when we get stuck because then we feel like there is no other choice. So I think you're giving a lot of listeners um, the capacity to have that choice that you can shift your environment if you choose it. Mm -hmm. I think there's something really unique in that too, you know, and, and I think of you when I hear the word unapologetic or radical trust and some of those things. And, you know, there's some, there's, there's a real beauty in conflict because if you didn't have that 
even insight when you're walking down the aisle at that point in time, all these little messages, like the conflict was necessary for your awakening. And I think it's so common when we're in the midst of challenge to go, oh, this sucks. It's so horrible that I'm going through this. And, and we just relate to it on such a very like dense level that we can't actually appreciate things from a different perspective or that there's like an opportunity for, for awakening here or a place to turn your light on, you know, as you would say. So I think like it'd be really helpful for people to, to entertain the idea that conflict is actually an opportunity. And I saw and I often when, whenever there's sort of like a disagreement going on and, and uh, Sonia has a tendency to sort of retain some of the stuff that goes on over time. And then eventually it comes out. It's like, well, this is some big stuff. <laughs> and yet uh, what we, what we realize at the end of all of that is like, wow, it's, it's such a powerful opportunity for us to really connect. So when I think of your, even the story of your brother or, you know, the stuff that people are going through, like conflict is really like, it's, it's a blessing in a, in a completely different disguise that, you know, it's up to us to, to actually interpret in our own kind of way in our own unfolding. So if you could speak to conflict a little bit, about and uh about that and sort of that that concept of uh unapologetic unapologetic like like this is who I am you know it's so funny um that you say unapologetic when you think of me because I used to I used to I I wrote a book that I never published this is years ago five years ago that's called um make your own damn rules and it was about being unapologetically you and I never published it. And maybe it needs to come out at some point. Maybe it does. In time. Yeah. <laughs> for it to come out uh, into the world. <laughs> yeah. Many, many books, right? One after the yeah. other. Um, I really believe, like, I be- there's there's a trend right now around trauma. Um, and you know, we have to feel our feelings, and it's all relevant. We do have to feel our feelings. Um, and what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of people feeling their feelings all the time and, and just vomiting on everyone and saying it's your fault. And I've been through trauma and it's just another way to bypass taking responsibility for your life and who you are and how you show up. And I'm sure I've been there in my past at some point, you know, like we've all been in a space of victim and all of that, every single person on earth has, (laughs) um, and, our trauma is actually here to show us our greatest gifts for humanity. Like, you know, um, I, I did a TEDx years ago on trauma. It was because of a core trauma that happened to me when I was 19, which I was, you know, I had a lot of shame around being a woman. I had a lot of stuff going on for years, which I actually needed to experience so that I can help people understand trauma and also understand that when we have trauma or conflict or whatever it is that's coming up, we have a choice. We can actually say, you know what, that really sucked. And what did I learn from it? Like, how did it make me more, um, you know, how did it make me stronger and more resilient? What did I learn from it? Because so many people in the world are like, what's my purpose? It's like, your purpose is you being who you are. What's in the way of you being who you are? Oh, well, you know, my story around struggle. Well, what if that wasn't a struggle anymore? And you just got over yourself and then just actually helped other people do the same or whatever that is. So (laughs) I sound so casual about the whole thing, but there's just so many people talking about trauma. We have to process it for 10 years. It's like, no, you just have to calm your nervous system, feel safe, which is important. And then what did I learn? 
and how am I going to help people? And it really is the access point to our greatest gifts. If I think of the main traumas and conflicts I've had in my life, it's exactly what I teach people. What I teach in the mastermind is like how to do this, how to do that. Those are all pieces of conflict. So if we can take them and look at them as like, oh, this is like my greatest gift when I have courage to actually deal with it rather than avoid it and pretend it's not a problem because that's a huge thing. We sweep things under a rug you know, and we're like, Oh, it's not really there. And then we have friends over and everyone's like, what's under your rug. And you're like, Oh, nothing, but you've been, you know, sleeping a lot of stuff under there. It's like, you know, look under the rug. Okay. Like I should probably deal with this. And then suddenly you have all these gifts to give people. You're abundant. You're on purpose. You're passionate because you're no longer running away from the boogeyman in the closet. Like, I don't know about you, but I used to like run up the stairs at my childhood home because I thought like there was a ghost chasing me. Oh, and yeah. I, I did that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like, but at some point, I was like, oh, there's no boogeyman, right? I grew out of it. But sometimes in life, we 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 still are like hiding and running away from things. So we actually just need to turn the light on and look and, oh, it's actually not that bad. It's the story. It's the avoidance of actually dealing with it that's making it bad. And that has to do with all life choices, like ending a marriage, a relationship of eight years, starting a new business, moving, whatever it is. It's like, you just have to be like... I'm going to look at this and I'm going to deal with it. And then that's the access point to our greatest gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of a book that I talk about all the time on this podcast is the choice by Edith Edgar. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's a um, Holocaust survivor and in uh-huh. her nineties psychotherapist and wrote this book. And that's exactly what she has been speaking to is that even in those moments of trauma, there's a choice because the actual prison is in our mind. So if the prison is in our mind, we have that capacity to see things from a very different perspective because no one can take what's in our mind. The Mm. external world might be taking something away from you, but no one can take what's in there. And that's the last thing her mother said to her Mm. before they took her to the gas chamber. So like that stood with her through her whole time when she Mm. was 15 years old. So I think all of us have that capacity and it's so easy to get lost in the story And Mm -hmm. yet there's so much gift that comes out of it. And, you know, lately I've been hearing this other woman speak a lot about grief and even through grief, there's something beautiful that shows up. Mm -hmm. And I think as humans, these stories of trauma, the challenges, the, the losses bring people together. And we desire that we desire that connection. So the opposite of all of this is connection, always connection to yourself, connection to others. And so in those times of challenge, we can invite others and sit with people in their challenge because it's almost easier sometimes to be there rather than in the celebration of things. It's like we're not Mm -hmm. used to as humans just sitting in celebration and being able to see what the gift actually is and be able to birth something really beautiful out of out of the traumas because if you think about like music um art that we see like all of the really greats like it's all birthed out of some sort of story around trauma and maybe some of them sat in it a lot and that's why they were birthing all these things but I think there's such an opportunity that you really highlight and I'm the premise of your book right turning your light on so I'd love for you to share like why now like why why write that story about turning your light on in this moment and how you feel like the world maybe needs that at at this moment. Mm, I love it. 
So the first thing I want to share on is like with trauma, we, it gets locked in us. It's like taking Mm -hmm. a photo and things aren't moving anymore. Right. So it's just like something is locked in time. And if we can complete the experience, it's going to move through us just like taking a breath. So that's really, I just wanted to highlight that for a moment. And then just the story, like when I was writing this book, like no joke. And I, I wonder if it was similar to you to Sonia. It was, it was like chapter title after chapter title. And it's like the stories we tell ourselves are literally what we are creating. And, um, sometimes when it comes to having our light turned off, well, if we're in pain and we're in struggle, whether it's financially, whether it's in relationship with our health, whatever, there's a story that we are telling ourselves that's recreating it because of suddenly our story is different and it's towards celebration, as you said, or towards love or joy or whatever that is suddenly your identity changes. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to turn our light on, we have to change our story and we have to get really clear on what chapter we're on in our own life, in our own book. And like, Hey, have I been in like the chapter of grief for like 10 years now? Do I still want to be here? Or am I still in struggle around this? Because it's just a dialogue. So when it comes to turning our light on, I just, it's about seeing things clearly, you know, in, in like the most simple terms. And this just came up for me now. It's like, well, when the light's on, you can actually see things clearly, right? We're not in like delusionville. We're not making things up, projecting things. There's so much projection in the world. I really believe that when we end the war within ourselves, the war outside of us ends. So how do we end the war within ourselves? Well, we have to turn the light on when we think the boogeyman's in the closet and be like, oh, there's no boogeyman. Okay, I don't need to live in fear anymore. Suddenly my nervous system is relaxed because there's nothing in the closet. Okay, now what am I going to do? Instead of using my time living in fear and wasting all that energy, now I can look outside of myself and see the beautiful world that we live in and see how I can make a difference in the world. So um, a really simple way of just looking at why here, why now, why do we need to turn our light on so that we can operate in truth rather than projection, fear, um, trauma, um, illusion, um, making stories up to, because we don't understand, like, it's so common for us as humans to make stories up about people, things, um, you know, events, all of these things based on our own experience, because we actually, we, the, the fear there is like, well, what if I don't know? Well, if you don't know, then, then maybe it's time to learn about that. And I think that the more that we turn our light on and we like can see things clearly, the more we can see where we're guided to go, the more we can listen to our intuition, the more that we can live in service, the more we can see that when we are triggered or when we are in fear, when we are in contraction, it's based on our own self and suffering and our patterns and stories rather than the truth. Cause truth is love and love is truth, but we don't necessarily live in truth because we're addicted to a story of fear. So if we want to essentially dissolve fear, we need to turn the light on because when the light's on, we're like, Oh, there's nothing to be afraid of. Cause mm-hmm. we're all connected. I just made up a story that I wasn't. And I've been playing that out my whole life. And I've been creating situations that aren't real mm-hmm. to continue to replay that story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that something you spoke to before is really important too, where you mentioned just the identity 
like I find it so interesting, even, even with my own self, it's easy to say, Oh, I've got a block here <clears throat> or there's something blocking me. Um, and we fixate on the block and got to solve this block. Like, you know, or just like a trauma, I just got to solve this trauma. And then once this block is gone, Oh my God, magic's going to happen. Yeah. But you're actually inviting people into a new identity. Like, okay, there's a block there. That's fine. But let's like, turn the light on so you can actually step into a new identity, raise that vibration, you know, see yourself, you know, I like to quote, uh, see yourself as God sees you or see yourself in the way that your highest self sees you, you know, enter whatever you want, because it's in that space where the solution to that block really exists. Mm -hmm. But often we're so busy on like, I'm just blocked. And then, and then it becomes part of our identity. Like we're just a human that's blocked. I mean, I think it's so interesting, these mental constructs that we buy into when really the invite is, okay, we got to take that first step first mm-hmm. and just recognize, sure, there might be some heaviness or maybe some weight. There's some history here. There's some memory of, of who I used to be, but really the invite is this new identity. So mm-hmm. I'd love to like, what does the future look like when more of us turn our light, light on? Yeah. I mean, even just what you're saying there around, like I'm blocked or I have trauma. You know, I just got back from, do you know who Donnie Epstein is? Yeah. He's, it's amazing. He's insane. So I was just at his, uh, I was just at the gate. <laughs> You've been to the gate? No. It's <laughs> insane. Okay. So anyways, um, how do I summarize that? It's just, it's a next level. It's, it's super intense. I recommend going. Um, but basically like if you're only talking about the past, well, we know this, if you're operating the past, you're recreating the past. Most people aren't aware that they have disease or aren't aware of what's really going on in their body, aren't connected to their intuition because they're actually recreating the past so that they're not in the present. And then they're taking the past and they're throwing it into the future. So it's like, bloop, and, and then in the middle, they're not present. They're missing out on life and all of that. So what does the future look like when our light is turned on? Well, I think we're all just going to really just drop more into our bodies and the present moment. We're going to stop going outside of ourselves for answers. We're all going to be in tune in our right position because we all have a position in the world and everything is relevant and everyone's important. Um, Everyone's contributing. Um, It's not coming from a place of um, duality. It's coming from a place of understanding, curiosity, and wisdom. It's coming from a place of collaboration. And then also it's coming from a place of presence. So if, if I'm saying I'm blocked, it's because I'm trying to be somewhere I'm not right? Oh, but I'm blocked. Oh, but I have trauma. Well, okay. Well, do you, or did you experience trauma 20 years ago? Or do you have a block? Because a second ago, you said you have a block. Do you have a new block now? Like what's going on? Like, I don't understand. Cause if you're present, you're actually, there is nothing happening in the present aside from reality. Yeah. So it's like, if we go beyond that, and we only operate in the present moment, there are no blocks, there's only choice. It's either I'm choosing to go here, or I'm choosing to go there, or I'm choosing to stay back there in the past. And also, um, not only choice, but it's also like, um, oh, man, it was it was coming to me, and then it's floating off, and I think it will come back. But it's really about, you know, where are you to where? Yeah. Who are you choosing to be? And and one of the things that we say is you've probably heard me say this is like, I don't let people say I don't know to me like I just can't handle it. I'm like, if some if somebody knows it's you. So what would the answer be? And then all of a sudden 
people's answers of what they didn't know come to the surface. And this is actually what I wanted to say a second ago is when we don't resist ourselves, when we accept ourselves and our truth, there are no blocks. There is no trauma because we're just honoring ourselves. If we're talking that we have trauma or that we have block, it's because we're resisting something or we're trying to be somewhere that we're not. We're trying to be something that we're not. We're trying to do something that the outside world is telling us to do. We're dishonoring ourselves. So blocks don't really exist. And we could say trauma doesn't really exist. And that could sound really insensitive. But if you're fully in the present moment, there only is the full present moment. And if you're not, then you're not actually present. And then you're not accepting yourself. You're wanting to be different than you are. And that goes against the law of nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing is, and this is a little bit of a conversation we were having earlier today is um, the trust. Like mm-hmm. when we're able to trust this present moment, trust ourselves and feel safe enough to trust, then then none of those stories matter anymore because we're in this moment. And we were talking about children. When like when is it that they begin to fear and lose that? So like an experience we saw this morning, um, this little boy was playing and he uh, nicked his knee and was upset and he asked his dad, is it bleeding? Like he had to confirm if it was bleeding. He's like crying. And his dad's like, no, it's not bleeding. Okay. And then he was done with it. But maybe it was really bleeding. It was bleeding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just barely. But yeah, it was just the power. We were just speaking to like the power of the mind. There was a um this TikTok video that was going around where a dad had his son in his arms and would walk by a door and just hit the door with his fist. And then go to his son and say, oh, my God, are you okay? And the son didn't hit the door. He wasn't even close to the door. And the son started crying yeah. because there's all of a sudden there's a, there's a sound. And there was it- a sound. Oh, it must have been me that got hurt. And then he reacted with yeah. crying. And so part of what I'm trying to say is Nick was like, when does that start? And like, why? Why do kids start fearing like blood and these things? I'm like, well, there's so much unknown because right in that moment they're so present in their moment Mm -hmm. they're so present in their body that this is the body they see and then when something happens to it there's confusion and that's our first experience of the unknown and having to get familiar with that and we do then as we move through life all of a sudden we realize there's unknowns out there and when we're stepping from one identity to another that's an unknown and then that's what creates that same feeling that we had as that child of like oh no what else is out there and yet there's so much possibility in the unknown, like what we use, like how many percentage of our brain, like a few percent, we don't even know what's possible in here. And I think if we step into that space of trust and that light is on to like allow us to move into that path, then we can step into the unknown without that fear because we're trusting. Yeah. And like confusion is just a sign that you're growing, right? But we've made it wrong, bad, I'm blocked. And that's another thing, I'm blocked. Well, are you, or are you just confused? Are you actually growing? Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like all connected. So good. I love that. Mm -hmm. What a cruel trick for that kid. Those kids. (laughs) Like it's like a Pavlov. It's like a reverse Pavlov dog. Like every time that that poor little boy or girl, whatever, hears a loud sound, (laughs) start crying. I I think it was more like when they said to him, are you okay? No, I know. (laughs) I can imagine like just, just, your nervous system just being so hyper reactive anyways like there'd be some therapy for that one as they grow up but (laughs) yeah i think there what what a great conversation though this is because i think you know in inviting people outside of this narrative because yeah you're right like trauma is everywhere now and it's great because it, it means that people are paying attention to 
you know, some of the wounds and things like that, you know, shining light on these areas that you just wanted to avoid. So obviously there needs to be a graduation from avoidance and denial and whatnot into ownership and seeing it and whatnot. Um, but I think, you know, everything that we're discussing here is okay. We can know it. We don't have to live there, but you said something really powerful too. And I think like that uncertainty piece is huge because a part of this world, like, I mean, the world is a little insane right now or a lot insane right now. There's so much uncertainty and like the opportunity of the invite into the present moment or to turn your light on, like that's probably the most important thing we have to do because that's where discernment comes. That's where like creativity comes. That's where like being okay with the unknown because we know how to have some sort of agency over our nervous system. You know, we're not reacting like, like you mentioned the little boy. We're like, Oh God, there's a loud noise and traumatized and it's over. <laughs> right. So, but, so how would you speak to people in this realm of uncertainty? And because I, I think it's such an important conversation. Mm. Well, I feel like when we talk about uncertainty, it's again, just looking outside of ourselves, we're looking outside of ourselves for answers and they've never really been outside of us. We've lived in a world that has told us to be a certain way for so long. And now we're just being told as like a narrative that things are uncertain. They've always been uncertain. We just have people saying different things. So how do we get certain? We get really clear on who we are. We do our inner work of clearing our karma, which is one of the chapters um, that I talk about in the book, like clearing things out that keep you in patterns of fear of the unknown or not accepting ourselves. We do the work of releasing our trauma and our wounds so that we can show up as who we are really meant to be so that we can give our gifts. We um, have our light on, we really look around and see what's going on rather than being in our own stories to see where we're being called to step forward, where we're being called to do the work. We, um, we find people that think similarly to who we are and where we're going and we team up, we link arms, we build community, we get away from environments and outside of environments where the genes are too small and we upgrade our, you know, gene size rather than resisting the truth that we've outgrown old environments that potentially aren't serving us anymore. We get really clear on our intention because our intention is the foundation of creation and it's like pulling a bow and arrow back and knowing exactly where you're going well if you're clear on your intention before i came on to the show with you guys i asked myself my four questions for intention how do i want to feel how do i want to show up what am i committed to and what's my desired outcome when i'm intentional with meetings conversations um, my day my life my relationships I'm always on purpose. I'm always going in the right position. I am always in the right place. I'm always being guided because I'm not resisting myself. And I'm taking a moment to get clear on where I am and how I want to show up so that I'm always certain of my outcome because the world, you know, world leaders, you know, the world that we live in is constantly going to be trying to tell us who to be, how to be, what's certain, what's uncertain. And that doesn't really matter. That's, that's inconsistent. It always will be. But when you've done the inner work, you're intentional, you're showing up, you're listening, you're doing the work, you're always going to be in the right place. Doors are always going to open up for you. And things are always going to be certain regardless of what's going on around you. And so those are some of the pieces I talk about. I have a, 
I think it's like a 10 or 11 step process of the system I've been developing over the past 10 years to turn your light on. And, you know, I, you know, I, I teased a little bit with trauma and I'm not here to downplay trauma. I've experienced a lot of trauma. I've helped people heal a lot of their experiences and from a place of more of like a overview perspective, we don't have to stay in it very long. I've seen it in my own life and countless people that I've served. And I take people through a process so that you can actually access your greatest gifts now, rather than waiting 10 years or 20 years to give yourself permission to do it. And I really do believe that this system of turning your light on is um, totally transformational and, and can help you be certain in an uncertain world. So good. Mm -hmm. So we always end the show with this one question, unless there's another question you want to ask. No, before that's I, ask. Good. Um, I think it's a good segue after what you just spoke to. Um, so, I mean, I kind of already know the imprints that you're leaving because you left imprints with us for sure in how we show up and how we do our work. And for you personally, seeing where the world is at now and seeing like the purpose that you've been walking, if you knew tomorrow was your last moment here, your present moment here, what is like the one message you would want to leave with the world? Mm, so good. Um, one message. Okay, so the message is it's time to wake up to the truth of who you are and who you're meant to be. It's not tomorrow. It's not a year from now. It's not once you're done your trauma or your relationship or you have more money. That's number one. But the the imprint that I want to leave on everyone is I want to leave an imprint on everyone's heart that I connect with, whether it's virtually, whether it's any kind of relationship. And I think that if we're consistently with whatever we are doing and who we're being, if we're connecting with people's hearts, we're making an impact in the world. And, and that's really what all of this is about. Thank you. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, so where can everyone find your book and get your book Yeah, and all the other things that you offer? Uh, so my book is available on Amazon. So it's turn your light on. Uh, there's a couple other turn your light on books on there, but this is the one that has my photo on the front. And then my website is radicallyaligned.com. I have different offerings on there. I'm also on Instagram. I've been a little bit active on TikTok. It's probably better not to follow me on there because I'm not consistent. But yeah, I would say I'd say Instagram, um, you know, radicallyaligned.com. If you have questions, if you're curious about this work, highly recommend picking up a copy of the book. It will transform something in your life. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dee. And, and just for those listening, you know, Deidre has been taking us on a journey over the last year in this mm -hmm. mastermind container which one of the biggest highlights actually is just getting a chance to spend the weekend with Sonia and, you know, work on our business, work on a relationship in the business, work on our roles within. And there's just things that, that we were able to access within uh, each other, but also in that time and the container that we created that they gave tremendous insight. And there's little, you know, mantras that stick with me, like what's the fastest vehicle and, you know, the, the, the story of like um, transformation that, that people go through. And so you're definitely in our, in our hearts, obviously, but also in our minds and things when, when we're thinking about how we want to show up and, and uh, so just, you know, super grateful to you. 
and and just letting people know that are listening like this isn't just for a doctor group or business owners like you have people there in your container that are working on themselves and cultivating that which they don't yet know about themselves and maybe that's a future business or or yeah or better relationships or whatever so um thank you d for for uh doing what you do and 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 we're grateful to be a part of it Thank you. And I'm so grateful to both of you and, and what you stand for. And it's so fun working with you and seeing you guys just step more and more into who you are and expanding your gifts because people really need your medicine on all levels. <laughs> so. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. Unapologetically agree with you. <laughs> so good. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.